Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 104. Pier 76er brawl in Philly. And we want to start this episode on a down note, unfortunately. Um, during this past week, we lost a member of the Wide Men Can't Jump family, Tom Robinson's very own baby Fultz, or baby Robinson, we should say. We've turned him into a character on the show. It was Tom Robinson's cat um, passed away this week, and uh, we were very upset to hear that news, and we want to send our condolences out to Tom in this time. I know, and, and a lot of people are probably sitting out there and saying, Nate, it's just a cat. Well, you know what I say to those people? Fuck you. Cats are family. Um, I don't yeah. care what anyone says. Pets What's are family. Let's not forget this cat was part of the Robinson clan for approximately, yeah. I believe, 20 years. Yeah. Um, that's a long time, even for a cat, my friends. Yeah, and you we... miss him. Yes, we do. We had some fun with him um, and had him as a character, apparently suing Tom here on the show. <laughs> little little cock, cock-locking cat, yeah. But yeah, anyway. yeah. And uh, he, Baby, he shall baby be was real, though. For, for those that don't know, Baby was a very real pet and a very real uh, part of the show, and we enjoyed Baby. And uh, he will be missed here on the show. And I believe we're retiring that character, correct, Tim? That's, that, that is correct. And at the uh, end of the year award show, there will be an in-memoriam segment for Baby Fold. Yes. There will be. All right. So, um, again, we hate to start the show on such a downer, but we wanted to bring that to your attention here on uh, Wide Men Can't Jump. Baby is is gone, but definitely not forgotten here on the show. And uh, we thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers for Tom in this time of need. Tim, anything you want to add? No, I think that's good. Uh, Let's move on to an even darker episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, we're going to kick off this episode. We just got the report in. Uh, our man Rusty Shackelford is on the case. And, okay, we play it here before the intro? Okay. Rusty says we are playing this before the intro, and uh, he acts like he pays the bills. So, uh, all right, well, that's what we're going to do. Uh, Bogus is in Denver, and this concession stand update. Let's go ahead and get started here. Let's check out what's happening in Denver with Ed Bogus. The following is a special news bulletin brought to you by White Men Can't Jump. Good evening, everyone. I'm Cecil B. Buxnart, and I'm live here in Denver, where we are presently barricaded in the White Men Can't Jump uh, basketball ballers, bearded ballers, uh, team bus. As uh, things have gone crazy, uh, we pulled into Denver about an hour ago, and we're... Uh, Greeted by uh, some people from the city who had, uh, apparently, uh, some uh, pot brownies. Um, And, of course, uh, the majority of the Wide Men Can't Jump team does not participate in the edibles. And uh, when uh, team captain Ed Boggess uh, politely turned down the offer of marijuana brownies, uh, things got ugly. Um, Mm. Apparently... Uh, the hipsters are quite a tight unit in the social media, and uh, calls were made, uh, texts were sent, uh, tweets were made, and uh, within minutes we had a full-scale riot on our hands. Uh-oh. Uh, of course, uh, 
matters turned ugly when uh, uh, when uh, faced with the protesters, the white men uh, team became belligerent. Uh, Timmy D, of course, uh, caused the ire of the crowd uh, when uh, it turned out when he announced that uh, his toque was in fact made from real Wolverine hair and not Uh-oh. synthetic, um, and that uh, he was called a tree killer uh, for tapping mm. uh, maples of their maple syrup, which mm. kids, kids just don't know. If you don't tap a tree, the maple syrup just runs out anyway, you morons. But anyhow. Um, Tom Robinson, of course, his love of the uh, millennials is, uh, well, love, I say love, sarcastically, people. His love of the millennials is well known. <clears throat> um, he began uh, throwing uh, half-empty uh, Coors bottles at uh, the crowd. Um, admittedly, the white men did not help uh, when they, you know, they, they did uh, uh, rile up the protesters, uh, uh Bogus uh, blatantly stood on top of the of the uh, bus and ate a, a Big Mac, uh, which uh, drove the uh, vegans in the crowd crazy. Um, mm. uh, then to uh, make matters worse, uh, Armando Martinez uh, started frying up uh, hamburger meat for tacos, which the white men all ate in plain sight <coughs> of protest. Uh, oh no. I don't know, people. I don't know what to say. Uh, we're trapped here in the bus in the parking lot. We have a ring of uh, Denver's finest uh, police officers uh, surrounding the bus. We're okay for the time being. Uh, what I'm more worried about as a reporter is uh, the white men are getting a little edgy in here, and uh, they're big men. There's not a lot of room on the bus. And uh, I think they might attempt to break out at any moment. <laughs> and if they do, there's going to be carnage, ladies and gentlemen. Um Let's be honest here, uh, Bogus, uh, beefy individual, where I ripped, I might say, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger lacking his uh, physique, uh, Martinez, uh, of course, is a cross between uh, Manny Pacquiao and, uh, I, I don't even know, Conor McGregor maybe comes to mind, uh, Nick Hoff. Could uh, defeat uh, well. Let's just say that if he played pro football, um, he would be on the line by himself. He wouldn't need any help. Uh, Robinson, of course, a famous grappler in the day, and uh, well known for his uh, ties to Delco uh, uh, street gangs. Um, knows how to fight dirty. Nate Bush, well, you know immovable object, really. Uh, he would just steamroll the, the people. And, well, yeah. uh, Timmy D, of course, not a small man either, and, of course, fights with the uh, sneakiness of a Canadian, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I do. And shaking a knife in the back. Kind of deal. <laughs> um, if, they, if they decide to rush out of the bus, it's going to get nasty quick. And, uh, we're trying to avoid an international incident here. Uh, Commissioner Silver is on the phone with the hipsters as we speak. I'm not sure how this is going to go down. Um, there's word that they may call in a local legend, uh, Dwayne Dog Chapman, to uh, be a, a facilitator of the peace, as it were. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. If, uh, if there's any change... Um, 
I'll let you know. But for now, I'm a little bit worried. I'm going to go try to keep calm these boys down. I'll report back uh, at the end of the show. My goodness. So Cecil has sent in that report, and we've got issues in Denver, apparently. Um, huh. More on that later. I, I guess so. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know what else is uh, interesting, Tim? The start of the show. All right. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meat at stayclassymeats.com where you can use promo code wide men to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip Cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires, and you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. Big thanks to our sponsors over at StripCamFun. Dot com. Go check them out. Our great sponsors there at stripcampfun.com. All right, Tim. We we got a situation in Denver right now. Hopefully that'll be resolved before the end of the program. But, man, there's been some situations all around the NBA here recently, if you've uh, been paying close attention. One has to wonder if uh, some of that uh, Philly moxie didn't rub off on the hipsters in Denver. Let's see. Uh... It seems that way. Um, yeah, in, case you, in case you missed it last week, in Philadelphia, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves were in town to take on the 76ers. Now, yes, the Sixers did pick up the win, but that really wasn't the story coming out of, of Philly that night. Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns got into a scuffle on the court and it got pretty pretty tough out there. Towns was irate at Embiid, and who knows what um, 
what was going on with Embiid and, and Towns before, only they really know. Um, they were <laughs> throwing haymakers. They really kind of tugged at each other, and then they fall down on the floor. Uh, the teams try to separate them. Ben Simmons put Ta- Carl Anthony Towns in a headlock, uh, but he was told that he was actually being a peacemaker. Now, I'm not the guy to say that a rear naked choke is uh, exactly keeping the peace, but the NBA apparently knows more than I do. I call bullshit, but hey, that's just one man's opinion. Tim, you saw a little bit of the scrum. What do you think? Do you think the words overrated were ever used in the scuffle? I mean, it's hard saying what words were used. I mean, (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns, Embiid, the stats matter so much, uh, but Embiid also has the... The win loss record. He's won five out of six against Towns. So that's, uh, that's Josh. You have an opinion? I guarantee there was a fuck you throw. Or better yet, <laughs> could have been. There, yeah, there was uh, one wonders. Embiid's um, uh, got a bit of a bit of a track record of being a bit of a shithead. Uh, yeah, um, Town, you think? <laughs> Towns doesn't have that 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 reputation. I don't believe. Um, Not that I've seen. Embiid's got a reputation of being a uh, kind of a bully in the league. Now yeah. he's a big guy and he and he can throw his weight around. Now I'm not uh, going to knock him for that. But no, online, but, right? If online, he, talk, if he, he if he go ahead. If he talks, if he talks half the shit, you know, he, he says enough shit publicly where he talks about you know some he says some outrageous things. So one can only imagine what he's talking about down there on the court. Exactly. Um, I'm going to assume that he said something that rubbed Mr. Towns wrong when that Mr. Towns decided, well, I have two choices here. I can either take the abuse and continue to get more of it, or I can respond with some physicality. And uh, I got no problem with that. I'm a Wolves fan, and I was incredibly Excited to see Towns kind of stand up for himself, truthfully. But, I was yeah, watching the oh, – go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not a big Embiid fan, but my response to all that to trash talk is, uh, you know, you can only take so much depending – particularly on what might have been said. Sometimes yeah, some of the course. guys uh, – it's one thing to, you know, if it's if it's a uh, basketball-related uh, talk. But every once in a while, somebody crosses the line and goes into the personal realm. And that's a no-no. I, I'm not saying that's what happened because I don't know for sure, but I'm going to have to guess that that's what happened. Uh, something was said about his girlfriend or his mother or these kinds of things. I mean, who can forget Maybe. the great? Who can forget the great headbutt of the World Cup soccer that cost? Uh, I believe it was France the World Cup when that guy headbutted the other guy after he told him he was banging his sister or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Some, you know, some um, guy, everybody, everybody's got a soft spot. Maybe he found it on Towns, whatever it was. Yeah, and, and, re- and they exploit it when they do. I, I know this. Um, Embiid and Towns have been going at each other since they came into the league, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And Where did they play their uh, – Embiid didn't play any college ball, correct? He did, Kansas. Uh, Where Towns did, played <laughs> Kentucky. Oh, okay. Well, so there's some a little bit of uh, not like one programs, but yeah, a little bit kinda, of not it kind of comes another, down but... to the fact of Embiid, and of course I'm going to take Towns aside here. I, I, I am clearly, 
but Embiid has the the reputation of of this being a thing. He talks a lot of trash, uh, especially on you know on Instagram. He went on and said he was raised by lions and no cat uh, scares him. And then um, Carl Anthony Towns responded by posting a picture of Embiid crying and making fun of him that way. Wasn't he? A- wasn't he the guy who just finished saying, you know, not 10 games ago that he'd really lost his focus during the playoffs and wasn't, and was disinterested and that's why they lost to Toronto. Uh, I assume, I mean, I, I didn't hear that quote exactly, so I can't say a hundred percent, but that may it have was happened. Something along, it was, well, no, it definitely did. It was something along those lines. I don't know. I'm just going to say that if you're going to, if you're going to talk the talk, you have to be prepared for somebody to respond with the with upping the level which is physicality and yeah. then you have to live and then you have to live with it you can't cry because uh you said something whatever it was and the guy didn't laugh it off and uh roughed you up i mean it wasn't like they really you know they weren't sitting there punching each other in the face or anything it could have been no you know it was um, more of a wrestle more of a wrestle than a, than a fight but still you know that's uh, good for him for sticking up for himself regardless of what was said uh, Embiid's a is a turd and a bully, and I don't like him, so he can suck it. But yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel the same way, but I got to give him credit; he's a dominant big man. So I mean, I'll give credit oh, credit is due. No, yes, no, I, I, that has nothing to do with his uh, play. What he yeah. does on the court is one thing. I just don't care for his uh, his antics off the court and between whistles and stuff. Don't work for me. He's a turd. I understand. Big old, big old pile of steaming shit, Nate Bush. <laughs> and, and if you people haven't noticed tonight, I'm a little on edge. Uh, full you disclosure. Are. Full disclosure. Tim wasn't feeling too good earlier. Uh, it's a little cranky. So uh, yeah, don't don't uh, don't poke the bear. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Tim. We, you know, we. I saw this fight break out. So I immediately thought to myself, How do we cover this? Who's Who's going to be the person that can really give us the insight that we're going to need on what happened? And I thought to myself, well, the Minnesota uh, reporters were probably not going to be there in Philly. They're more of a, you know, they have to kind of watch at home. The Philly reporters, um, I don't know if if our contacts would have been there. But I know I one an guy who was. No, I, I, I have the answer. Okay. Bruce Pobans. Yes, Bruce Pobans was there. He knows everything. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he knows it all. Just ask all. him. He'll tell you. Just ask him. He'll tell <laughs> but, you. <laughs> no, yeah. But I was anyway. able to I was able to sit down and talk with a guy who hasn't been on the show. It's been a little bit. But uh, the Minnesota Zipia? Timberwolves play-by-play man, the head man. Um, he? <laughs> yes, he jumped the shark. I was able to talk with Dave Benz about oh, what was. Benz. I love yes. him. Great guy. Uh, the Timberwolves play-by-play broadcaster. He's in Memphis tonight. The Wolves are playing in Memphis. Uh, and Dave is there. He was able to take a minute last night while he was in Memphis. Called in. We, we talked about the situation with the Wolves and this young season. And we got we were able to talk about this Embiid town situation and he gave me some of the perspective of being there and what happened. So to start the show, we're going to go ahead and hear with my conversation with Dave Benz 
from the Minnesota Timberwolves play-by-play squad. But before we do, I want to invite everyone to go check out our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Tim, have you been seeing some of the stuff that they are posting right now? I have been, you know, and I felt a twinge of jealousy. Yes, if you're a fan of the Kennedys, um, they have got Kennedy just memorabilia, election buttons, just anything you can think of. It's available. Yeah, and I know a lot of people out there are really big fans of John F. Kennedy, and especially in my area, because this was a a prominent area for uh, his run for president uh, here in West Virginia. But all over the world, Kennedy was considered one of the greatest presidents that we ever had. We got Kennedy buttons uh, for sale here, $4 and $5 a piece. Like, uh, here is a, a mini flasher. For five dollars, uh, Kennedy and Johnson button, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Tab, even the tabs, they got these tabs that I'd never seen before. Uh, and even here's a president uh, of Harry, President Harry Truman, a mini bust of Harry Truman. Presidential memorabilia stuff. is uh, very hot right now. It's always yeah. hot in the states, but it's hot everywhere else too. The whole, uh, not to get into any of the politics of it, but the whole Trump thing. Has really uh, shone a light on past presidents. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and we're not going to get political here. But if you're a no, fan no, no. Of, of political things and Kennedy memorabilia, then Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC is where you need to go and yeah, check it out. Baby. Yeah, honestly, go check it out. And I want to also say that they have other stuff as well. There's so many things that you should be checking out at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Let's hear from them. And then we're going to go into my conversation with Dave Benz right after that and hear more about this Embiid in town scuffle. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Back with us on Wide Men Can't Jump is the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the head play-by-play guy. He works alongside Jim Peterson. It's Dave Benz. And, Dave, it's an honor to have you back on the show. As a Wolves fan, this is always fun getting to talk to you. So, welcome back. I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Well, the Wolves have started this season uh, a little better than what a lot of people projected them. They sit right now 
at four and two, seventh in the West. But of course, the season is very, very young. Um, what's been the most surprising thing so far about this young Wolves team that you've seen so far into these six games? Oh man, that's a great question. I would say probably they're they're great and they're resilient because you know they've had to fight their way out of a couple of big holes. The opening night they blew a big lead against uh, against the Nets and then dug their way out of a hole and came back to win from double digits down. They came back to win from double digits down against Miami. I believe they trailed by 15 actually in their uh, win at Charlotte. So uh, I think that this team has had a lot of fight and a lot of grit. Um, I think that some of the new additions have played surprising. I don't want to say surprisingly well, but they've adapted more quickly maybe than I would have thought. You know, Noah Vonley has been fantastic with the play that he's, uh, he's given them. I don't think that everything he does shows up in the stat sheet, but I think that he has been uh, a plus contributor for them. I think Jake Lehman has been pretty good. Shabazz Napier has been really good. So a lot of the new guys have been good. I think Andrew Wiggins, we've seen uh, a little bit more pep in Andrew Wiggins' steps. So uh, I think that this could be a big year for Andrew. I'm really looking forward to seeing Carl Anthony Towns come back on the floor tomorrow night and, and see kind of how Andrew is going to work again with, with Captain back. But uh, I think they've got a chance to really build some momentum and, and be a lot more dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Wiggins has looked great. He seems like he's attacking the basket more almost like he's more engaged in the offense than what we saw under Tom Thibodeau. Um, I really like what Andrew's been doing this season, uh, especially when he's got the ball in his hands, and he's really doing a great job there, I think, whenever they allow him to do that. Um, What's uh, some of the differences that Ryan Saunders has brought to Wiggins? Because I know him getting Wiggins more involved has been kind of a, um, a priority for this team. Wiggins right now is averaging 21 points a game. That's big. And I, I saw the shooting chart that they used in shoot around with the, the colors on the floor that you and uh, Jim Peterson had put up during, I believe it was the uh, either, the, I think it was the Nets game, if I'm not mistaken. Has that been one of the key things that's made Andrew really develop his game a little more this season? I would say definitely the change in philosophy and the change in culture. And it's, it's a work in progress. There's no question. You know, we still see Andrew take some long twos early in the shot clock because it's something he's been doing his entire career. And when you're trying to break a habit, I mean, you know, think about uh, anything. If you're trying to, you're trying to stop drinking diet Coke, you know, it's like, it's going to, you're going to have some slip ups and you're going to grab one every once in a while. So it's a, it's a tough thing to do. But I think I think Andrew's done a lot better job at it. And, you know, going into the game last night, 70% of his shot attempts had either been at the rim or been three-point attempts. And that's really what you want in the more modern NBA. And that's the highest percentage he's had in that regard in his entire career. So I think the fact that there has been a philosophy change and that they've really been working intimately with him on that, uh, I think that there have been strides in that regard. And I think that as he becomes more comfortable and it becomes more second nature to him, not only are we going to see less of those shots that are not, you know, high percentage, or it, I mean, in terms of not field goal percentage, but high percentage in terms of what they're going to, their value is high value shots would be a better way to say it. Um, you know, I think we're not only going to see less of those, but I think we're going to see him more and more comfortable with, okay, this is my job. I need to attack or I need to be looking for threes. It's going to become more second nature, and he's going to become even better at that. Yeah, and he's done a great job at that. Uh, going back to the Philadelphia game last week, 
Cat uh, and Embiid, that was the talk of the NBA world for a couple of days. They get into a little scrum. Uh, Embiid comes out on social media and really criticizes, says he owns Cat. If you look at the numbers, though, they don't show that. Embiid averages about 21 points a game when being guarded by Cat. Cat averages about 18. Cat's actually got the lead in the rebound category, and they're neck and neck in block shots. So was Cat just kind of standing up to a guy who's really been getting in his grill for the past few years? I mean, what, what exactly sparked this? Because I know you and uh, you and Jim were there at the, at the Wells Fargo Center. What, what was going on there with Cat and Embiid? Well, I, you know, the only people that really truly know the answer to that are, are Kat and Embiid. Um, you know, but what, what I will tell you is that Carl wants to be a leader on this team. And Carl has certainly heard the criticisms beginning with you know, all the stuff that happened with Jimmy Butler last year. Um, you know, and, and people, I mean, uh, the TNT crew uh, during the playoffs against the Rockets, uh, calling him soft and, you know, and, and saying that, uh, you know, he needs to be a little bit tougher. And Carl, I think he takes that to heart. So was that a reaction? Was it, was that him reacting to that? Was that him reacting to some kind of personal beef with Joel Embiid? I, I can't really speak definitively to that, but I can tell you that Carl wants to, like I said, he wants to be a leader. And if he feels like he is being slighted and needs to set an example He's going to do what it takes to do that. And, um, you know, the end result is that he, he's not going to get pushed around by anybody, whether it be Joel Embiid or anybody else in the league. And he's going to show that, you know, he's capable of, of being a leader and, and being a guy that can lead his team to wins. That's, you know, and you talk about the stats, I guess that is the one problem. It, you can talk about all the individual stats you want. Joel Embiid's won five of the six games in which they shared the floor. And that's the only number that I know Carl Anthony Towns cares about. And, you know, it's frustrating that um, that it's been kind of one-sided in favor of Embiid, but also you take a look at the talent lately that Joel Embiid has around him. I mean, Philadelphia, they've got an embarrassment of riches right now with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and, and Tobias Harris and Josh, uh, Josh Richardson. And it's like they, they are a really good, really talented, really deep team. And not to slight anybody that's on the Timberwolves, because, I mean, uh, I love what all these guys bring, but, Night in and night out, it's, you know, that Philadelphia team, that's going to be a tough team for a lot of other teams in the NBA uh, to match up with and beat. So, um, you know, you feel like you'd like to see Cat be able to have a little bit more uh, weapons that he can rely on around him going into some of those battles. Yeah, and I was actually incredibly proud of Cat for standing up to NBA like he did. Uh, A lot of people were upset, though, that Simmons got no suspension for his rear naked choke there that he slapped on. Do you think that maybe Simmons should have gotten at least a game or at least reprimanded in some way for his, uh, quote, peacemaking that he was doing? Well, I'm not really going to say what my opinion on it was because I wasn't down there, but from what I saw, you know, there was, uh, I, 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 I would, all I would say is that I think that, it, it probably uh, would merit another look at the video and people can make their own decisions. And um, that at the end of the day, I'm not in charge of panning out suspensions. I'm not in the league office, so I don't know what they're looking at. And I don't know what the conversations were. I wasn't privy to that. I know that, you know, everybody on both sides was talked to, and I know that that played a role in it. So, you know, what I saw and what I think really is irrelevant um, but I, I can tell you that there were some there were some feathers that were ruffled within you know within the 
uh, Timberwolves side of things that they felt like maybe the Sixers maybe got off a little bit easy. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> understand, understand. But let's look at the rest of the roster. Robert Covington was absolutely unconscious to start the game last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Wolves struggled in that game, though, as the game went on without Cad. I, I expected that. I was not surprised that they did. But I think Robert Covington is a great third piece to this Timberwolves roster, and he brings so much to the table. What do you like about Rocco's game with this Wolves team that's really got a lot of young talent around him, and here Rocco's kind of finding his uh, his prime? Well, I like his ability to defend. I mean, is there a better wing defender? I mean, you could come up with some names. Kawhi Leonard comes to mind as I'm going to say, is there a better wing defender in the league? But Rob Covington, there was a reason why he was first-team all-defense a couple of years ago. And uh, I think that he would have had a great case to be first-team all-defense again last year had he not gotten hurt New Year's even missed so many games. And I think that he's kind of ready to show people that he's still capable of being that person. And, you know, the the only fault I would find with Rob Covington so far this season is he's kind of taken too many 30-foot threes for, for some of our liking, um, but he has knocked down some of them. But, you know, you talk about a guy that can hit those, hit some threes, though, and, and break things open, and, and he's a good veteran presidency. He's a hard worker, and he's had to work his way to get to everything that he's got in the NBA. And I think that that's a really positive thing to have in that locker room uh, around some of those young guys that you've got on the team. So uh, I just think that having him and having him wanting to kind of show that, hey, I'm still here, and last year was a blip on the radar that was unfortunate, uh, I think that's a a positive all the way around. One of my favorite players on this Wolves team, and I absolutely love his game, love what he does, love his energy, Josh Okogie, love his just everything about this kid. He does what seems like everything right, and he's an excellent defender, and he's developing well. What do you think the Wolves are looking for out of him this season? We've seen what he can do, uh, be a spark off the bench, but what are they looking for from him throughout this entire season? Because I think he's a special talent. I think they're looking for him to be able to be a guy that they can say, hey, go out and defend the other team's best player in a clutch situation like he did with Kyrie Irving. Uh, You know, and he really threw Kyrie off because Kyrie, he kind of guessed what Kyrie was going to do and was ready for it. And then, you know, Kyrie ended up losing the handle of that season opener and ended up still getting off a decent look, uh, which is a testament to Kyrie. But he was definitely thrown off his game by Okoye's defense. And, you know, if Josh can continue to add a little bit of offense, he's done a much better job of getting to the line this year. He's, he's getting to the line at an all-time career high, um, which, you know, clearly it's the second year. So I guess that's not saying a ton. But he, he's, do, he's getting to the line efficiently. Needs to do a, bit, a little bit better job of knocking those down. I'd like to see him be able to be more consistent on knocking down some of those threes as well. But you're still talking about a young kid, and I think there's a, a high ceiling for him. So and his motor is just – I don't know that there's many guys in the league that have a motor like him. So uh, I think his development is going to continue at a very fast pace, and he's going to prove to be a really valuable asset for this team for, for several years to come. Yeah, I really like him. And uh, another guy who was highly touted, the Wolves traded up in the draft to get him, Jarrett Culver. Uh, Still getting his feet wet in the NBA. I think they're doing the right thing, kind of incorporating him uh, slowly, not throwing him into the Lions. Um, You've seen some spots with a Kogi. What do you like about a Kogi, or excuse me, Culver, not a Kogi, excuse me. I I love a Kogi so much, I'll talk about him all day. But Culver, you've seen (laughs) spots with Culver. 
Yeah, I do. I love him. But you've seen spots with Culver. What do you expect from him this season as a rookie? Uh, Well, you know, I think there's going to be spots where he's going to get a chance to kind of handle the ball a little bit more, and we've been seeing it slowly. He got an opportunity to really have the ball in his hands a lot at the end of that game in Washington. And, you know, Shabazz Napier, I know that he got a little banged up in the game last night. I don't know what his availability is yet for tomorrow. They're saying that he's day-to-day. And you wonder if, if Shabazz is out. At this point, who is really the team's backup point guard? You're going to see Andrew Wiggins probably handle the ball a little bit. I bet you're going to see Jared Culver handle the ball a little bit. So I think that he's going to just going to continue to get better. And, you, again, you talk about a guy. I know Jim and I have talked about this on the broadcast, but Chris Beard at Texas Tech just raves about Jared, says that he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to remember his entire life, the way that he approaches things and his work ethic. Uh, and I, I, that's just something that is such a positive to have in that locker room. And he's a kid, again, who just a couple of years ago come out of high school, he was only a three-star recruit. And he played his way into being an NBA lottery pick. So uh, I think that he's not finished yet. He's hungry to really be great. And I kind of joked about it on one of our – I think I might have said it in a preseason game. But, you know, if you've got – let's face it, it takes some stones to put on number 23 in the NBA. If you're going to replace oh, yeah. number 23 in the NBA, you, you've got to be willing to – embrace that there's going to be some expectations so he's not shying away from that he's wearing number 23 and I think that he's somebody that wants to live up to being able to wear that number Um, I'm excited about this kid I think as he continues to grow and gets more acclimated and his confidence gets higher he's going to prove to be a really valuable asset yeah and I was kind of skeptical in the offseason but now I've seen more of him now playing in a Wolves jersey. I really like what he does. Nice piece, good spark. This team just feels like they're more cohesive this season so far. They're smiling. They look like they're actually having fun. Sorry, Tibbs, you didn't bring a fun environment to us. I'm honest. It's my show. I'm honest. Um, (laughs) But I want to look at at the Wolves as a team that's – they're happy. They're they're 4-2 right now. Some people say it might be the schedule. Some people say – it might be the team. What do you think? Do you think that this four and two, do you think they're overachieving so far? Or do you think this is just a Wolves team that's been there and is ready to make a push for the playoffs, especially now that the Warriors look like they're headed for the lottery? Well, we're six games into the season. I'm not really ready to make any assumptions about anything at this point. But what I will tell you is that they've won – They've, they've got some good wins, um, you know, winning in Brooklyn on opening night with Kyrie and, and KD didn't play, obviously, and that changes things a lot. But KD was there and that place went nuts when KD got introduced and it was a frenzied environment and Kyrie looked like he was unstoppable and you win on the road to open up the season and then you go to Charlotte and you're down 15 early and, and you find a way to come back and hammer the Hornets and take control of that game. And, uh, you know, you come home and you, you beat a Miami Heat team that had just beaten Milwaukee the day before. And I know that they didn't have Jimmy Butler in that game. And, yeah, you did get him on the back of a back-to-back and they played overtime the day before. And certainly that helped you. But still, Miami is off to a great start. And Eric Spolster was still there coaching. And that team played awfully hard. And Kendrick Nunn was there. And, man, you want to talk about an impressive-looking rookie. Um, it, so, you know, you start off with three really, really good wins. You, you lose in Philly, which that was, let's face it, an ugly game by a lot of standards. 
And then you go to D.C., and I don't think anybody expected the Timberwolves. I, I'm not going to say that nobody expected the Timberwolves to win in D.C., but certainly going to the arena without Towns, in my mind, I'm thinking the Wizards are probably favored, and it's going to be a, it's going to be tough for the Timberwolves to come out of there with a win. And they just go out and hammer Washington. Um, and then you come back and you lose to Milwaukee. So you're at a point where you've lost to the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, and you've lost decidedly. And clearly there's a, there's a gap between the Timberwolves and the Bucks and the Sixers, and there's no denying that. I don't think anybody in the Timberwolves front office would deny that. But talent-wise, you're talking about two of the premier teams in the league. But I don't see any reason on any night that the Timberwolves can't play with any team in this league, especially when they've got Towns. Um, that said – the schedule has been favorable. I mean, you, you haven't played either of the L.A. teams yet. You haven't played the Rockets yet. You haven't played the Nuggets yet. You haven't played the Jazz yet. And these are all the teams that you're going to have, you know, Dallas. These are all the teams that you're going to have to be getting wins against if you're really seriously going to be a playoff contender. And, and, I'll, and, and I'll, you know, listen, everybody wants to see this team in the playoffs. Nobody wants to see them in the playoffs more than the people that are associated with the team, me and Jim Pete, the players themselves and the coaching staff. But I think there's a, a sense of realism about the team right now that it's more about getting this ship going in the right direction and having a plan that is sustainable for the future. And with Tibbs, they got into the playoffs and it was great, but I don't know that it was sustainable for the future. And clearly time has proven that it wasn't. And that's not what this Timberwolves hierarchy wants to do right now. They want to build something that is going to be sustainable for, for multiple years um, and, and, you know, be able to be a regular playoff contender and compete for the championships, not only be trying to be a seven or an eight or an eight seed. So is this team capable of getting into the playoffs this year? Absolutely. They've already proven that they can win some tough games. And I think they're going to surprise some teams and win some more games, uh, you know, but the playoffs this year, yeah. to me, it's not really, it's not really the end game for this team this year. The end game is have yourself set up so that you are going in the right direction and, and, you know, and, and within the next couple of years, you're a team that is competing for, one of the top seeds in the West and being talked about as a, as a, you know, contender to get deep into the playoffs, not just to be able to get into the top 16 or the top eight in your conference. Yeah. Yeah. I completely get that. But Carl Anthony Towns this year, of course, again, you said six games in looking like um, a man possessed, honestly. Um, And if he keeps it up at this level, who knows what could happen up there in the Twin Cities, and I'm really excited for this team. I love what they're doing so far. I love the culture that's being built, um, and I do thank you, Dave, for coming on here and talking Wolves basketball with me. It's always a pleasure to have you. I look forward to your and Jim and Marnie's uh, broadcast every time you're on. I try to watch, so I really appreciate you taking some time out and jumping on here and uh, talking with us, and uh, if you want to go ahead and plug Fox Sports North if you want, get any kind of plugs out of the way and I'll let you get back to having a good time down in Memphis. Well, I I appreciate you giving me a chance. Yes, Fox Sports North is a fantastic place to work, and our our crew is second to none. I think they proved that last night during our basket watch coverage, which was uh, very interesting. And, um, you know, but, yeah, check it out, uh, at FS North on Twitter. And if you're not already following me, I'm at Tweet Dave Benz. And, of course, my uh, buddy, my broadcast partner is at Jim Pete Hoops. So you want to check and and I'll I'll give Marty Gellner some love too. So make sure you're following at Marty Gellner. But um, we we always appreciate you thinking of us to have us on and 
anybody that wants to talk Timberwolves basketball, that's uh, something that is, you know, good news for us. Oh, yeah. I'm, I talk Timberwolves basketball with people who don't even care. And I, <laughs> <laughs> people look at me like, you like who? I'm like, the Timberwolves. And they're like, why? I'm like, shut up. But anyway, uh, Del Marty, great cartwheel, by the way. I was very impressed with the, her oh, cartwheel. Yeah, that, that that's blowing up. That's, yeah, that, that's been blowing up. We're amazed at how many views that's been getting on Twitter. Yeah, it's been great. And, uh, again, Dave, thanks so much. And have a good time in Memphis. And hopefully I'll get back with you here later on in the season. We'll talk again. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about, wow, look at the run this Wolves team is on and how many wins they have now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. There you go. That'd be great. All right. Well, thanks again thanks for having again, me. Good, good catching up with you. All right. You too. All right. Take care. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And thanks to Stephen P. New Law Offices, our great sponsor here on the show. And I also want to thank Dave Benz, Minnesota Timberwolves play-by-play guy, for jumping on and talking Wolves with us and really filling us in on what's going on up in Minnesota, especially with the after the Towns incident uh, with Embiid. So glad we get a little clarity on that. All right, Tim. I know that... We've got a few surprises for the show tonight. I know here's one of them, ladies and gentlemen. It's our weekly top ten. And are you ready, Tim? I'm ready. Let's roll it. All right, top ten. Good evening, and welcome to tonight's Wide Men Can't Jump Top Ten. Tonight's topic, ten things Ed Boggess dreams about. At number ten. Town of Shinston passes by law that all roads must lead to a sheets. At number nine, <laughs> University of Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh and replaces him with John Gruden. At number oh. eight, Larry Bird and Cheryl, Ed, Cheryl Miller admit existence of love child twins and announce that they have both committed to North Carolina University. <laughs> At number seven, Greenbrier Resort Turns out it's built on land owned by Boggess family. Boggess turns Greenbrier into own private playhouse. (laughs) That's number six. Notre Dame announces plans to offer a degree in fantasy sports. And number five, Ed Boggess named dean of new faculty. At number four, United States government and President Donald Trump announced plan to leave no candy corn behind. (laughs) 
Oh God! At number three, Yankees go 162 and 0 in Major League Baseball and allow Ed to win Yahoo Fantasy Baseball trophy. <laughs> at number two, Celtics beat Lakers in four straight to win NBA title, and Danny Ainge takes LeBron's hairpiece as a spoil of war. <laughs> and the number one thing that Ed Barber dreams about. Ric Flair names him fourth horseman in place of that loser, Ole. <laughs> well, there's your top ten, and uh, a special little drum roll added there this oh, week. Uh, Ed Boggus has some strange dreams, my friend. <laughs> apparently. Not a, apparently you know, so. Not, not this, I mean, Ed is obviously a happily married man. Not one, not one woman in there anywhere except for Cheryl Miller, and not in any uh, way uh, sexual in any way. Which I'm, I don't know. I'm going to have to confess that uh, my dreams uh, do involve uh, females on occasion. Well, enough about your yeah. dreams. Let's, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's see what's going on in the NBA as we kind of around hit some news updates and we'll see what's happening in the world of the nba right now um let me find some some updates here i had i had some notes here oh here we go uh dr stephen shin who performed the surgery on steph curry's left hand he did the procedure on drew Brees' broken thumb as well the significant part of the return depends on the ability to take a hit on the hand and not re-injure it so we're looking at a three- to four-month timeline to make sure the bone fully heals. So Steph Curry will be out at least three to four months. So Steph Curry's broken uh, hand. And, and we're going to talk went, more about that later. There uh, went my fantasy basketball dreams. Well, boo. Oh, well. They weren't big, uh, they weren't big dreams, Nate. They were tiny. That's true. They're like not as big as Ed Bogus's dreams of all roads oh, leading to, to sheets, which I actually hope it becomes a thing. I, th- I uh, think that yeah, I, I don't have an issue with that. Cleveland's Kevin Porter Jr. has been suspended for one game because he made contact with a referee on Sunday in the loss to the Mavericks. So he will miss one game and that loss coming to the hands of everybody's just kind of beating Cleveland these days. It's really not been pretty. Uh, but Kevin Porter Jr. suspended for contact with an official. I uh, can't bump into those refs, man. Can't do it. No, yeah, no, doesn't matter why either. That's a no, 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 can't be done. All right. Uh, John Collins, speaking of suspensions, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks has been suspended 25 games for violation of the NBA's anti-drug policy. So, Collins, 25 games. We'll see you, pal. Don't do the ganja. No. Do not do the ganja. Indeed. Reggie Jackson has a stress fracture in his lower back. He's going to miss at least a month. That's not good news for the Pistons because the Detroit Pistons already have been without Blake Griffin for most of this season. The Pistons are just banged up. That'll give him uh, time to star in that uh, fourth uh, Naked Gun movie. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, God, the Naked Gun movies. 
Um, I don't know if anybody saw this, but a few weeks, uh, about a week ago, the New Orleans Pelicans uh, assistant coach, Tim, we both saw this, and we were kind of, uh, I don't know if appalled is the word, but taken aback maybe. New Orleans Pelicans assistant coach got punched in the face by a Houston Rockets fan, and he was just kind of standing there. And the Rockets fan just hauled off and waylaid him right in the face. He didn't appear to say or do anything. Yeah, he was just standing there. I don't think he said a word. I don't know. I never saw any follow-up to that story. Um, I'm Um, hoping the the fan got banned for life. I'm sure he did, but I saw that the uh, the fan was taken to jail. That's all I saw. He was arrested, and so was his – or girlfriend or because she was trying to help him escape or whatever. But yeah, he blatant security Cambridge video blatantly just punched an assistant coach right in the face. And the guy was kind of staggered a little bit. Um, and you see the police go after him and a lot of the uh, other assistants and the, you know, they were pointing out who he was and what was going on. Very strange. Was, oof, smack right in the face. It's just been really bad. Ugh. Not good. Fans, stay off the court, morons. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Don't get don't get involved with the with the with the teams. That's not your. No, I mean you have no business as a fan. You, know, you have no business doing that. No business even coming close to that. So if you're if you're gonna fight, fight in the stands with another fan. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. If you're gonna, if you gotta fight somebody, first do it out yeah. outside. <laughs> and then, and then, like, don't you know, don't go to that. Well, come on up here, line that they use. Uh, yeah, you think you're so tough? Come on up here, because they did that once and it didn't turn out so well for the fans. Yeah, but uh, another thing about John Collins apparently tested positive for growth hormone. Uh, a pep releasing a peptide two growth hormone. What not tall enough? Apparently, working to with the players' union to begin the appeal process. But oh, his God. suspension now marks three players that have been suspended since the summer: Wilson Chandler, DeAndre Ayton, and now John Collins. And they were all hit for twenty-five game suspensions for the anti-drug policy. And we so and I believe off air we had come to the conclusion that the twenty-five games was going to cost him approximately a million dollars. Yeah, roughly. Something along those lines. So not a, I can, I guess I understand the appeal because maybe he wants some money, but uh, yeah, not smart. There again, I mean, we talked about this offline quite a bit. You have to be aware of what you're putting in your body and you cannot trust anyone and if you don't know if it's a supplement or any of these things you don't take it it's not that tough and yet it seems to yeah. baffle two or three guys every year <laughs> so guys that don't really guys that look at the bottle and say them big words and they don't they don't understand you know so. i don't i don't know is this a is this a commercial for why you should stay in college i'm not sure <laughs> perhaps Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. Um, Maybe one is one and done. Did you see for this rash? <laughs> did you see this? Now we're going to talk college sports here in just a little bit because the NCAA uh, did start back last night. But did you see the 
the score of a game uh, the other day. There was a score in one of the women's basketball games. And this was the halftime score. I'm not making this up. Baylor, 51. They were playing New Hampshire. New Hampshire, three at half. Well, that must have been a barn burner of a game. So I saw a post on Twitter says down 51 to three. What's the halftime speech going to be about? <laughs> well, okay. um, so. and with his reenactment background, Josh Brown. Okay. So we're down a hell of a lot of points. <laughs> That's okay. We can bring it back. All they got to do is put another four quarters on the clock. Now we're going to go six quarters this game. <laughs> And we're still going to lose by 51. Because we're still only going to score three. But they're going to have mercy on us. No. And still only stay at 51. They're going to sit there and dribble the whole time because there's no shot clock. There is a shot clock. In this game, there was no shot clock. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Have been. Because there was Coach. a mercy rule that goes into effect when you are down 49 points. Coach Brown, what about losing together as a team and anyway, effort? Hold on, hold on. Anything say, about say again, Tim, so we so we can get the question to Coach Brown. Uh, Coach Coach Brown, question: uh, What about uh, losing as a team and say anything about effort in that speech? Anything about effort or losing as a team, Coach Brown? You know, we come together. We're we're, we're in this together. You scored three fucking points. You ain't doing nothing as a team to start with. Well, there you go. Sit on the sideline. Lenses don't shoot around. That's what you've been doing. Uh, I think we better. Uh, I think we better go to a New Hampshire. We better go to a Lipitor commercial, mate. <laughs> Lipitor commercial. <laughs> Josh Brown's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> oh God! Can, can we get? Can we get this man an amiodarone? You know what? And, Good luck in your next fan. game, New Hampshire. I hope you score yeah. three points. Yeah, yeah. Well, New Hampshire looking well, to get to six. To, uh, that seems to go hand in hand with, uh, I saw somewhere, it wasn't basketball, but seeing as we're talking about it. Oh, Josh, go ahead, Tim. Oh, turn Josh Brown off. He's getting <laughs> loud. Anyway, um, I, I I saw where a uh, high school, uh, I believe it was high school, a uh, football coach was uh, fired for running up the score in a high school football game. And it really wasn't <laughs> that bad. Both teams were undefeated going into the game. And they accused him of uh, he apparently he broke some little enforced mercy rule, and I'm going like okay, I get it if it's you know the University of Notre Dame playing uh, Logan High School. All right, fine, maybe there needs to be a mercy rule in place, but I don't understand this mercy rule thing. If you're going to play football or any organized sport and winning and losing is being kept track of, you can't get beat too badly. Okay, yeah, maybe it's the right thing to do is you pull out your starters if you are from a school that's big enough to have, you know, starters and second stringers, and maybe you change your quarterback or something along those lines. But I don't understand this. Okay, it's it's 50 to 3. You can't score any more points. The game wow. has to keep the game has to keep going, but you you can't score any more points. And I certainly don't understand why you'd get fired for it. That just ah, that's high school, and that's a whole other ball of wax. But man, if you can only put up three points, 
Normally, uh, that would um, make you a... Uh, now, my question is, was that a three-pointer, a two and a foul, or or three free throws? I have no idea. All I know is, is it could have been one of our nominees and one of our favorite things on the show. Bush Lee. Yes, that's right. It's Bush League back again this week because people can't stop doing stupid shit. All right. We have this week, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, four nominees for Bush League. Oh, Oh, it's a bonus episode. Yes, that's a bonus Bush League. I couldn't choose. I had four that I had to pick from. So we're going to, Tim, you're going to pick it. Go over to Twitter. I've retweeted four. Nominees for this week at the bottom with the Atlanta Hawks and the San Antonio Spurs. A member of the Spurs squad pulls up from half court with about eight seconds left on the clock before the end of the third quarter and just heaves one. And the ball has plenty of time to come down, hit the rim. And the Hawks get a rebound. Have you made it there, Tim? Where, where am I here? Okay, oh, hold on, hold on. Twitter. No, no, I, yeah, no. Um, is he suffering from the same affliction that struck down? Uh, uh, who was the guy in the finals who thought they had a timeout? That J.R. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You can't really fix stupid. Um, I just don't know what to say because, obviously, I don't know. Did he look at the clock and think it, like, he just misread the time? Or was he Maybe. I don't know. He was – I guess he just saw the clock winding down, but to pull up from where he pulled up from, he could have – Like, he had point. Maybe he thought that was a zero and he had .3 seconds, so he threw it up. That's the only thing I can come up with that, that could be it, but nevertheless, it was eight seconds, and you, you know what that yeah. was? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That is uh, some thick 70s Bush League right there. Let me tell absolutely. You. Now, the next video is kind of funny because Josh Hart, if you remember last week, when James Harden <laughs> bounced the ball and it hit him right in the face, Josh Hart was the man who gave him the weird look of, man, you need to calm down. This week, Josh Hart bounces the ball and damn near takes himself out in his face. So check that out, if you will. See, he realizes as soon as he throws the ball down, his brain is going, I've seen this somewhere before. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, wait a minute now. He realizes he does not have the built-in protection that Mr. Harden possessed. So he gets the hands, with the speed of a mongoose, he gets his hands up there and blocks it. Yeah, uh, just barely in the nick of time. But still, it's only funny because it happened to Josh Hart. So you know what that was. I mean, that's, that is Bush League. That's Bush League. That's, that's black and white Bush uh, League. Yeah, right definitely. Uh, up next, Ben Simmons uh, drives in and passes. Who to thunk? But Joel Embiid, Mr. Uh, was not ready for the ball, <laughs> as you see here. And boom, right in the face. <laughs> Here it is again. Uh, Boom. That's a little thing we like to call karma. 
<laughs> One more time. Here it comes. And boom! Oh, man. Watch that all day. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, oh, always in the source okay. of entertainment. My question is, though, what was the play supposed to be that he was obviously not expecting to be passed? He should, to he should have. I think, I think the ball was supposed to go to Horford. He's supposed to be sitting the pick the there, and he, and he didn't get there in time. <laughs> the ball hit him in the head. Well, I don't really think it could do a whole lot of damage to Joel, so he's probably okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know what it was? Simmons and Joel. That's Bush League. Ah. That's, that's some South African Bush League. Yes. And finally, number four, a bonus nominee here in Bush League, Cam Reddish with the spin cycle. And you spin me right round, baby, right <laughs> round like a record player. Record, babe. Um now, I my the first thing that comes to mind is what the hell. Uh, then the second question. Twenty degrees. Then the second question is how the fuck is that not a travel? <laughs> it's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, ref is right there, and there's no call. He had to yeah, take like five right steps. He had to take like five <laughs> steps, I mean, and then he airballed us. Maybe like the, the who's the co- what what the, what team is this now? That's, That's the, the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks? Who is the coach of the Hawks? Oh, God. You know uh, oh, I, am I asking too tough of questions? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hold on, hold on, like, hold on. You know, Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce. Okay, well, That's it. Was Lloyd Pierce calling a square dance routine out or something? Pick <laughs> 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 your partner round and round, do a do do and fall to the ground. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, I don't have a fourth sound clip, so uh, Cam Reddish, that was that was Bush League, man. What oh. the fuck? What the fuck was that? The more I watch it, the more I'm like, good <laughs> Tim, you got, you got four nominees oh, for Bush League this week. I wonder I mean, I, who's winning. I love me. I love me so jo- some Joel Embiid to the head. I'm all for that, but this. Cam Reddish, my friends, like <laughs> he probably had to go into concussion protocol after all that twirling. He got dizzy for sure. He got dizzy and they thought maybe he got knocked in the head. No, nah, that's a Cam Reddish for the win. <laughs> Cam Reddish. <laughs> Cam Reddish wins this week's Bush League award. He will be awarded a Carabas gift card for minus twenty five dollars and twenty eight cents. So congratulations. Cam Reddish on your victory. Everyone else, better luck next time. Until our next edition of Bush League. Bush League. Every time I hear Bush League, I think of of Nelly and Kelly Rowland. I just can't help it. You know, you know the sad part is that coming you, that that segment has grown to be very popular <laughs> for some reason. I wonder. I gotta wonder now. Okay, the, some of them. Okay, they probably don't hear a word. But do you think when Cam Reddish the next day when they watched game tape and that move came up on the game tape that he didn't get heckled? Oh, you know like, it. Like you can he hear it in the locker take, room. Yeah, I'm sure he had to have taken some serious shit for that move. I mean, I'll give him a, I'll give him an A for, you know, okay, at least he he attempted to score, 
that he missed the basket by a foot and a half. And well, at least we know he can be on Dancing with the Stars when his career is over. Yeah, yeah, that we yeah. do. He had some moves. <laughs> oh man, but <laughs> what Bush League? Uh, that was a fun one. I enjoyed uh, Bush League. Was fun this evening. I'll, I'll give it that. That was a good. Brought time. Bush League brought to you the maker from the makers of scum. <laughs> well, speaking of makers, the makers over at Stay Classy Meats have been doing a great job bringing you the best cuts of meat that you could imagine. They are your online meat market, a place you don't want to miss out on. And if you use our promo code, you can save some money. Let's hear some more from our good friends at Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right. If you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN. But that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Again, thanks to our great sponsors on the show, Stay Classy Meats, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, New Law Office, and the good people at StripCamFun.com. All right, Tim, we've talked a lot of NBA today. There's been some shakeups in the standings. We'll look at that in a little while. But I do want to bring up last night, the NCAA is back. NCAA basketball, back and fully rolling again. Uh, Some good games yesterday. For sure, uh, especially the big ones, Duke and Kansas, and of course, who could who could forget number one and number two, Michigan State and Kentucky, all squaring off. Uh, Kentucky sixty nine, Michigan State sixty two, and then Duke defeats Kansas sixty eight to sixty six. Uh, other top teams playing: Maryland destroyed Holy Cross, Florida. Uh, beats North Florida, Memphis over South Carolina State, Villanova beats Army, Texas Tech over Eastern Illinois, St. Mary's escapes over Wisconsin by two, Oregon beats Fresno State, Auburn beats Georgia Southern, Utah State over Montana State, Uh, VCU beats St. Francis, PA, Xavier beats Jacksonville, but those are the, uh, Louisville also beat Miami, and Baylor beat Central Arkansas. Those are your Gon- big games. Gonzaga. Gonzaga well, did defeat the Arizona uh, ASU Hornets. Uh, I'm not even Alabama, sure who that is. Alabama, Alabama State. Okay, Alabama State. Uh, uh, today, do, Purdue, Purdue beat oh, Green Bay it. today. North Carolina beat Notre Dame. And there are some games currently in progress, but that's really the big news of it. The big games of Michigan State, Kentucky, uh, and Duke and Kansas. Did Ed Bogus survive North Carolina against Notre Dame? I don't know. Might have had a corner. Yeah, talk about (laughs) Lipitor. Getting some Lipitor ready on standby. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm gonna have to explain to you the difference. I'm gonna have to explain to you the difference between blood pressure and cholesterol medicine. I thought Lipitor, aren't Lipitor, I? Lipitor, I thought Lipitor was well. He could have got high blood pressure too. What's the difference? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, oh, fine. They had to have a crash cart on standby. Well, there that, we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking big brain know-it-all. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. No, de- no denial there. <laughs> I mean, I, look, when it, comes to, when it comes to drugs, I mean, I think I kind of know a thing or two about I'm, I'm in pharmacy school and I live in West Virginia. What don't I know about drugs? Yeah, drugs for real. I mean, come on here. The old back of a postage stamp theory there. Uh, I did watch both games, parts of them, because would you believe it or not, they were both on TV in Canada. That should wow. tell you something. That should tell you something about the power of uh, college sports. Um, yeah. And, of course, as I realized, uh, they only put the game on because Duke won, or else it wouldn't have been on TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they did make up for it in the nightcap because Michigan, the, 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 the colleges and universities in Michigan, just pretenders. You don't have to worry about them. They they just blow mm. it. You know, number one ranking. Didn't get slaughtered, but you know, so much for number, so much for that number one ranking. That'll be gone um, come Monday. Uh, but anyway, uh, nice to see college basketball back. Although these games really don't, really don't mean a whole lot because they're you know this preseason tournament shit. Well, it's not preseason, but you know what I mean. It's not really. We're not going. We don't get to the good stuff till later on. It's like college football. Yeah. Well, Did we have any uh, mention of anyone who might be uh, – I know it's only one night, but was there any talks about uh, – I thought I saw somebody from Duke who was uh, – they were kind of touting as the next big thing. Um, um, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't really watch I, I, or pay too close of attention, honestly. Okay. Well, fair enough. I believe it. His name is um, uh, Trey Jones. I believe he's the next up and coming Duke superstar guard type dude. Um, so watch for him if you're into the colleges. Go on, sir. Well, that's true. That is true. I mean, college is is one of those things. I start paying attention the closer we get to March because I'll be the first to tell you. What's happening right now in college basketball has very little to do with what's going to happen come February and March. It's, it's like game 83 of the Major League Baseball schedule. It's not yeah. really that important. Yeah, or most of the baseball schedule. But anyway. Well, or Yeah, or game seven of the World Series. Not really that important. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, and the baseball faithful shaking their boots. But that needs some Lipitor. Yeah, it's cholesterol. I've got to handle those triglycerides. But anyway. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'll See tell you what, what you learn on this show. Humor, yeah, learn all kinds of stuff. Education. Drug control. <laughs> Absolutely. we got so much. We covered uh, But, Tim, you know, the Warriors have barely been the talk. Of the season so far, uh, they've really underperformed. And then Steph Curry breaks his hand, and that in turn affects 
what this Warriors team is going to be doing the rest of the year. He's going to be out at least three to four months. Uh, Clay Thompson may not play again this season. Draymond Green has hurt some ligaments in his hands. So, I mean, it's hard saying what's going to happen. What do you think it would be like to be the owner of the Golden State Warriors now when for the last, I don't know how many years, you've been able to strut around, uh, you know, the big man. You got the franchise in basketball, and suddenly your fall from grace was sudden and steep. And you're looking well, at you know, franchises you talking. About, well, the people it, are already talking like that they're going to tank for a uh, for a first round number one pick, and I'm like, it's six games in, people. Let's slow down a tad bit. Well, yeah. they are kind of talking about the fact that they may end up uh, getting a lottery pick, and they're being they're preparing for that. Um, here's the thing, though, with the Warriors, if you look at it, they still have Russell, who's under contract. Of course, there's rumors galore. He can't be traded until December, I think, 14th or 15th. So he's going to be there for a little while. Um, Curry, Thompson, and Green are going to be out a while. Uh, Green may be back sooner rather than later, but they still have all these guys under contract, and they all kind of got hurt at the same time. There's a possibility they could add – a really good young draft pick and this season will be a wash, but then they come back and be just as strong next year and really make a run of things with a good draft pick. So them all getting hurt at the same time may not be the worst thing that could have well, happened to them. No. And another thing a guy might look at is you might see uh, a little bit of a LeBron syndrome going on where those guys have played a lot of hoops in the last yeah. few years and a year have, off. Indeed. Yeah, a summer off with no pressure and all that might not be so bad for a lot of them. No, not at all. I mean, it's hard saying, yeah, because but... Because their core's getting a little older, so, uh, you know, they may... The, the time off might be, in retrospect, might be not so not so shabby. Cause they're yeah, getting absolutely. Pounded, and... They're getting pounded tonight, by the way. They're losing by... Oh, I right know. Now. I know, and on my bookie, I took them on the money line because the bet paid off well, and uh, yeah, they're getting destroyed. Yeah, they're getting hammered. It was worth anyway. it was worth a chance though because my bookie, yeah. free plug for my bookie, they did match our first deposit. Tim and I did head over and make some bets, and they did give us a hundred free dollars to play with. So and, hey, and we and we're bu- and we're busy pissing it away, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are. <laughs> Um, I actually did hit on the Nuggets last night, so thank you, Denver, uh, for last night. uh, Still, hey, it's money we didn't have. And full disclosure, I've got uh, two hockey bets going, and uh, one is going to pay off by the looks of things, and the other one is, uh, well, the game is tied, so that could go either way yet. So Yeah, I've got three three NBA picks, and so far none look good tonight. But it's early, so we'll see, unless the Knicks can somehow turn it around. All right. Well, anyway, bet on the Knicks you because we're playing Detroit and and Rosen and, and Jackson were but, hurt. Anyway, but they're but they're the Knicks. <laughs> and yeah, they were getting points too. All right. Yeah, anyway, well, I was able to in the game. game. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. You're fine. But I was able to sit down with Lance Smith from the Point Center, our Warriors uh, Daily Warriors analysis guy. He came on, and we talked about what's going on in Golden State and the problems within the Warriors uh, with the injuries and what 
we should really think about these Warriors injuries and what should they do? Should they rush Curry back? Could they still make a run at the playoffs? What should they effectively look at this season as? So I sat down with Lance Smith and we discussed these things. What do you think, Tim? Um, I think very little these days, but roll the tape, Nate. Back on the show once again is the co-founder of the Point Center and Daily Warriors Analysis and a reporter from L.A. for Scorebook Live California. It's Lance Smith. Lance, thanks again for taking some time out. I know you're a really busy guy, but we want to thank you for taking some time out and talking with us. Absolutely. Always happy to be on, and it's always fun, always good talking with you. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. The Warriors have lost Stephen Curry for at least three months. That's been what has has come out uh, as of late. He's having surgery on a broken hand, and who knows what that effect that will do on their season. What's some of the reports that you've heard about the Warriors, especially them losing Curry now for three months? Are they basically just accepting that now it's time to focus on a lottery pick? That is uh, – that's what I've heard, and it, it's what makes sense. I mean – they could do everything they could for the rest of the season to try to make the playoffs, and they I don't think they would even be in the running. I mean, you look at how deep the West is. We already know there's 10 to 12 qualified playoff teams, especially now that you have teams like Phoenix out of nowhere who might, you know, win 50 or not 50. I called that. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I looked at that roster when I was interviewing a guy from Phoenix. I called that. If you go back, there's proof on this podcast that I said – you know what? They may not make the playoffs, but they're going to be better than what people think. So I maintain I called that. Honestly, I would have too, except I've been doing that for like three years in a row, and every time they just make me look awful. And last year I was I was convinced they were going to win 40 games. Oh, sorry, there's some honking going on in the background. I was convinced they were going to win like 40 games last year, and then they were just tragic. Um, but, yeah, so, so the West <laughs> goes 10 to 12 deep uh, and could even, you know, Last year, it went about 13 deep. Um, so the Warriors really are at the bottom of it. No clay, obviously. Every single one of the best players uh, has been injured more than just a little bit. Um, I mean, you look at Dre. Uh, he's got torn ligaments in his left thumb or whatever it is. Uh, so that's, that is not something you want to mess around with, especially for a dude who can be a little erratic finishing uh, around the rim anyway. Um, you look at uh, Steph, obviously, you're talking about three months, the bare minimum. I mean, he'll be reevaluated in three months. Uh, if they were rushing him back, that means it's probably, like, still close to four months, and they're not going to be rushing him back. Um, Kayvon Looney, he's, he's been hurt, and uh, no, no need to rush him back either. And, you know, he, he's great at what he is, but he's not the kind of guy who can just uh, take over and put put the entire team on his back single-handedly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, they're screwed. And and it's almost kind of refreshing a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be refreshing for them mentally to have a year where they can just kind of chill and let things go. I mean, um, you know, it's go, going from being in the finals five times and every single year being – having its title or bust, and then uh, now just kind of being able to say, hey, we'll tinker with some lineups more than usual, 
Uh, we're not going to, you know, it's just not going to be business as usual. And the mental, yes, physical, but especially the mental fatigue that comes with those expectations. Uh, and, and I think a lot, some fans definitely mind, but part of this is just the cost of doing business, the cost of, uh, you know, front loading for a few years salary wise, and, and also just of playing a hundred games every year, a uh, hundred meaningful games uh, every single year. Um, so that, that's how you get a team that is, is absolutely banged up, uh, if not torn up. And, uh, you know, they just didn't have the sal- they didn't have the salary cap flexibility at all to do anything really with the roster other than snag D'Lo, which a lot of people, including myself, will argue was the right move, even if it doesn't pan out this year. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's time to accept what's being laid in front of us uh, back in Dub Nation. Well, they're going to have a chance to play a lot of young guys. I know Jacob Evans uh, will yep. get a little more playing time than usual. Probably uh, yep. see a lot more Alec Burke. You'll see Jordan Poole. You're going to see some guys on the court that, uh, you know, you're not used to seeing, but that's only going to make that bench better. And it's weird to me that Golden State is able to do this. Not only do they win together as a team, they get hurt as a team. It's kind of, I'm kind of impressed because it's like, if you're going to get, if you're going to lose one or two guys, just set the whole team. And that's kind of what happened here. And again, it comes with playing all those games and having all those times where they played all those games, all those years. But now they're going to get more than likely, they're going to get an early break. They're not going to have to be playing into, you know, June or anything like that. They're going to get a nice rest, a nice breather. And then when they all come back next year healthy, you've got that championship contender team that was there a couple of years ago, but now they're all healthy. They're all healed up and they're all under new contracts. So you're basically looking at it as this is them kind of just taking a, taking a knee. And then next year they're going to come back. They're going to be re they're going to be all be healthy Really, they've only got a couple of guys who are on expiring deals, and r- the worst end of it is going to be for the rest of the league because they're going to get a lottery player on top of it to throw into this lineup. Yeah, you hit it on the head. Uh, that That's exactly it, everything you said. Um, they're going to get a rest, all of them, mentally and physically, and, yeah, they kind of have been lucky to get – sort of injured as a group and then have times where as a group, they're just not really injured at all. Um, so it's perfect. I mean, I, I think they're, I think they're really in play for the number one seed um, or sorry, not the number one seed, the, the number one overall pick. Uh, they keep their draft pick as long as it's in the top 20 uh, and they will certainly not uh, fall out of the top 20. Um, so, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to be looking at maybe like, uh, obviously, Lamelo Ball comes up, and, and he's everything the Warriors love. Uh, you know, a skinny combo guard, tall, uh, finesse, can can do a bunch of things, shoot the heck out of the ball. Um, I mean, he he, you know, he's getting linked to them, and I don't know if that's just because he might be the best player in the draft class, or he's just the biggest name and they're a big name, or what. Uh, but it, it kind of does make a lot of sense. Um, especially if they're going to move D'Lo for a big man, uh, a big man, um, or or a, or a bigger forward. That that actually does make a good amount of sense. Um, I, I don't really know a whole lot about this draft class, but uh, um, I mean, 
it's the, there's a lot the Golden State Warriors could do with not only you know a top five pick, but the salary, the rookie level scale for four years of a top five pick, where you could be talking about an all star level player in a year or two, getting paid eight million a year, and the rookie skills don't trigger the hard cap under most circumstances. So. Um, that is a really dangerous combination. And, yeah, like you said, guys like Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole uh, getting the opportunity to really do anything they want this year. And, uh, I mean, it could be a blessing in disguise. Like, you would never you'd never want this to happen unless you just hate the Warriors that bad and, and, and you, you know, root for athletes to get hurt. Other than that, you hate to see it happen, but – kind of could be another case of the stars aligning for the Warriors a little bit a year or two down the road. Well, I mean, looking at some of the potential draft picks coming out, uh, James Wiseman, he's a seven-foot center coming out of Memphis. Cole Anthony, the freshman from North Carolina. Anthony Edwards, another freshman playing from Georgia. He's a shooting guard. Scotty Lewis. Uh, LaMelo yep. Ball, you mentioned. Nico Manon, the freshman from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Tyrese Maxey, R.J. Hampton, uh, Jaden McDaniels. Just a lot of a lot of players that you could really go with here. Um, of course, we got to wait and see how everything goes. This is just a way too early mock draft to even talk about. But um, you mentioned D'Angelo Russell and a possible movement of him. Now, I'm a Wolves guy. We all know this. Right. Um, they've been linked to this D'Angelo Russell deal. D'Angelo yeah. Russell cannot be moved until December, I think, 14th or 15th. That's when he is eligible to be traded. What's the odds that this D'Angelo Russell deal, now whether it's to Minnesota or not, where does he get, like, what's the odds that he gets moved? He just signed a four-year deal, um, $117 million guaranteed. Somebody that's going to trade for him is going to have to give up a lot. Yep. More than likely, um, where where do you see him? Where do you see the Warriors looking to deal him, and what for? Uh, well, I you know what they need is what they need is uh, is some defense and some size that fits the system. Um, we don't really know what we have with Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, Kayvon Looney is great, but he's he, he's not a front court all into himself, um, and you know Draymond Green. <laughs> Glean, ha <laughs> that's hella funny. Draymond Green, very possibly declined. <laughs> Made me laugh. <laughs> that's too funny. Glean, I, I can't even get over that. That's so funny. Um, and of course, <laughs> it there's fits him though. Just say that again. It fits him though. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, you got you got them, and you got some young big men on the roster with. Bellman and Pascal or whatever you call them, uh, Marquise, Chris, they all have upside, uh, but, you know, none of them, you don't know what you're going to get now or in two years from any of them. Uh, so I, I think I think a big man, um, a lot of people are not sold that Clay can play small forward full-time. I am completely sold he can play small forward full-time um, as long as they have other bigger options to put at small forward. So, you know, right, you, you, bring up, you bring up the Timberwolves, I do think they'd be one of the more likely destinations because this team could really use Robert Covington. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I, I think they also 
I don't know. Maybe they do want to stay young. I think they do like the fact that if D'Angelo Russell works out, that's their that's their uh, lead guard of the future. Uh, of, of yeah, now, but also the future. Um, so I and oh, and also uh, if if they do get a high lottery pick, imagine what a trade a, a trade asset that would be uh, if they wanted to package D'Angelo Russell and a, a trade pick, or sorry, a draft pick, and then other young guys. Uh, for maybe an even more highly touted young guy or one who fits better than D'Lo if they decide D'Lo doesn't work out uh, fit-wise, which, you know, it could go either way. So before the season, I said, I don't know, maybe 50-50 they keep him uh, for the long run and 50-50 they move him in the next two years because uh, I do think it will take a bit to figure out exactly uh, how well he fits and, and they'll really need play and Steph back to see uh, just how much he does or doesn't fit. Um, I've always been pretty optimistic about it, but there's definitely some major questions. And so far they've been uh, minus 27.7, uh, or, th- or that's his on-off. They've been minus 24.9 uh, per 100 possessions uh, as he's been on the court this season, which is uh, pretty unfathomably bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd put it somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I'm not really leaning one way, uh, but I do think that, it's going to take more time for them to figure out if he fits uh, than a lot of people think. It's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, uh, you know, so he's, he's gone at the trade deadline. Uh, he could be. He could be gone as soon as uh, December. I just don't think that's how things are going to play out because this year with all the odd pieces they have and all the injuries and stuff, I just don't think they're going to have the opportunity to see how much it does or doesn't work. Uh, before the trade deadline this season. So I would guess if they do trade him, it's uh, it's maybe in a year from now plus a few months. Um, but uh, anything is possible, and uh, nothing would surprise me that much. I think with, with D'Angelo, the Warriors are actually lucky in the fact of they don't have they they don't have to move him if they don't want to because he doesn't have an expiring deal. They've got him on a four year deal. They can keep him there for the next four years, no problem. And it's not like he's not getting paid. The only reason I would ever think they would want to get rid of D'Angelo Russell right now is because it's going to take the right deal to move him. If that makes sense, like they're not gonna they're not gonna sell him for less than he's worth because they don't have to. They have the advantage when it comes to this trade. I think I think Minnesota wants him. I know that the new owners or the new GMs are, are big on him. They want to move for him. Whether they're willing to give up Rocco or not is is kind of a, a – I, I don't want to include him in that deal personally. Like I'm like, okay, Wiggins, Teague, a uh, couple picks. You know, maybe Gorgie Jang's deal, something to make it bounce. But I don't know if that would be enough to make that trade happen. It's it's interesting to look at because there have been talks. There was talks uh, not too long ago. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker all talked. And it seems like eventually they want to all play together somewhere. Now, where where that is, I don't know you know, depends on free agency. Towns is just starting a five-year max contract. Delo's just got this four-year deal. So we can't, we can speculate all we want. You know what they say, wish, wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. 
Um, so it, it's going to be a play it by ear kind of thing with this Warriors team. But, you know, the start of the season, we thought they would struggle. I still had them in a playoff team as long as everyone stayed healthy. I don't think they're a, obviously to me and you, they're not a playoff team anymore. They're one and five right now, lost three straight. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, and now I think we're going to see something that we haven't talked about, and that we're going to see Steve Steve Kerr finally use his coaching chops a little bit. He's not coaching. He's not coaching a bunch of all stars. He's got a bunch of young dudes out there playing. What What do you think about what Steve Kerr's got to do from here on out? Oh man, Steve Kerr! I'm a little surprised that uh, he. I, I don't hate him as much as a lot of other people do, but I am surprised that he really stuck to uh, his system of, you know, off-ball movement, ball movement, player movement, uh, you know, kind of pace and space, not have any one person touch the ball that much. Um, I'm surprised he stuck with the system that got them this far now that they don't have the players that got them this far. Uh, I mean, when you have Steph Curry surrounded by Draymond Green, uh no Kevin Durant, no Clay Thompson, no Andre Iguodala, and no Sean Livingston, uh, for what it's worth, because I do miss Sean Livingston. Who's going to – like, you can't take the ball out of Steph's hands if that's what you're rolling out. You just can't. And Draymond Green, as we all know, is at his best offensively uh, when he's a high pick-and-roll guy. And, and the Warriors, they, 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 rose to, they rose to the fame in their championship level – by playing a lot of pick-and-roll ball, and then also more and more over time, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, uh, doing more and more, uh, or going away from the pick-and-roll more, uh, and then uh, just doing their off-ball, you know, move the ball, uh, and have guys move off the ball. Um, They can stop going to that system, and this is what people wanted the first couple games before everyone uh, who wasn't hurt yet got hurt, uh, and I think it's a valid complaint that Steve Kerr was rolling out a bunch of scrubs and sticking to his guns when you can take that system out uh, and reintroduce it. You know, don't play it in games. Uh, don't take the ball out of Steph Curry's hands in games when he has Jordan Poole and Damian Lee and Eric Pascal and, you know, Jacob Evans on the court. But then you can always bring it back when everyone's healthy and you have the pieces you need, and maybe you get a couple more vets who know how to be role players along with the starters. Um, no, I, I, I do I do think it's a valid complaint that uh, it, the fact that he just, you know, everyone everyone expected this from game one, first quarter, to be just a return of the Steph Curry, Draymond Green pick and roll as the featured offensive uh, establishment. And, uh, no, we didn't get that uh, at all at the beginning of this season for the couple games we did have stuff. Um, so I think that's where Steve Kerr has to change what he does. Um, defensively, I think it's going to take, I mean, you know, they are understaffed defensively and that's not going to change until one clay comes back and, and everyone gets healthy. Kayvon Looney gets healthy. Uh, Draymond gets healthy. Um, but the, the, this team doesn't have the tools to be a top 10 defense with Iguodala gone and with a depleted front court and uh, some other guys. Uh, and, and, of course, Kevin Durant, you know, he always was a defensive plus when he was on the Warriors. Um, so I think it might actually be 
we might see Steve Kerr make the changes that people want to see, which is offensively, before he figures out how he's going to work this squad defensively. And, of course, a lot of this is a year from now. Uh, but I, I think I think he might just eventually say, okay, Steph needs to have the ball in his hands more uh, and, and, and you know, do what you can idealistically. Keep guys cutting and running off of off-ball screens and keep the ball moving. But, you know, at a certain point, just put it in Steph's hands. Well, you know, especially if Delo stays, this is going to be a team that could be top three offensively. But uh, as currently constructed, it would be very – very hard for them to be in the top half of teams or in the top 20 teams defensively. And, and of course, Steve Kerr kind of did inherit Mark Jackson's system defensively, uh, and, and that's one valid place you can take credit away from Steve Kerr. So that might that, that's what concerns me even more. Uh, I do think he'll figure it out offensively once he has his guys back. Well, looking at this Warriors roster now, Curry, Thompson, Green is out for a few games. Looney's out. Um, basically, all the names you know and love outside of D'Angelo Russell hurt. This team, as you said earlier, probably won't make the playoffs. My real question is, though, they're not going to purposely tank. Like, you're not going to see this team just lay down. Because it's to me, it's impossible to look at a team and say, okay, go out there and lose. Because they're not going to do that. That's just not something that an NBA player does. The fan base is going to have to understand that this is a this is going to be a year that you're going to have to miss. What do you think, though, in terms of Steph? Because he's already committed to playing Olympic basketball, and we know he'll probably be back at some point this season, just to maybe get in rhythm, do you think he should still play Olympic basketball, or do you think he should take this time and step aside for the season and take some time off in the off season and get his legs back underneath him and rest his, and rest mentally as well, as you mentioned? That's a great question. Um, not knowing much about his inner world uh, and whether or not there's any expectation that his hand issue could linger past you know, three or four months, like, I don't really want to, I don't want to comment on it, um, because, uh, yeah, just because I, I, I think you have to, you have to know every detail of his world, uh, to, to, to put in, to comment about it, um, and there's probably people who do, and I'm just not one of them, uh, I, in terms of the ideology, I definitely think, you know, your first commitment is to your employer, um, and I would say that regardless of if I'm a Warriors fan, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, um, that you are committed to to uh, the person who's giving you uh, $45 million a year. And in that case, it's uh, Joe Lacob. So um, I, I would lean that way. Uh, but I, you know, I, for one, you see all the time guys have a gold medal run with Team USA and then uh, have big leaps the next year and just come into the season a little more poised and uh, with a little bit more of a fresh perspective and maybe a little more confidence. Obviously, that's usually young guys. Uh, and Steph is, uh, believe it or not, he's 31, even though he still looks like he's 19. And um, Yeah, I was about to say, so, he is older than me, which is shocking. Uh, I'm 29. <laughs> so and the fact he's older than me, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> As you said, he looks like, right? he still, looks like he still plays at Davidson. So it's hard to yeah, believe. For, for real. Yeah, Remember, so. ladies and gentlemen out there, 
My Wolves passed on Steph Curry twice. twice. <laughs> Johnny and Flynn and Ricky Rubio. Two oh, point I know. Trust me. I know. <sighs> I remember. Sad times. But anyway, think, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think Johnny Flynn would have panned out if not for his hip issues? Because apparently uh, those were a lot worse than a lot of people think. And yeah. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad as a rookie. He was decent. So what, what do you think? Yeah, about I that? think I think if he doesn't get hurt, he he turns out to be all right. Obviously not on Steph's level, but yeah. I think he he turns out to be okay. Um, and I think mismanagement of the team at that time under the David uh, well I think it, it's Dave, the Coon David Coon, and yeah. it was just a mess here. And of course there was also rumors that Steph didn't want to come play in Minnesota. And really? I get that. That that well, I've heard rumors of that. Now I don't know how true that is. Again, I would have to ask, you know, I'm having uh Dave Benz will be on the show this week. Maybe I can bring him up. He does play by play for the Wolves. Uh he'll be on the Ooh. show this week, so I might get to talk to him about that. I might bring it up, but we'll see. Uh but yeah, the Wolves um <laughs> they've been marred by bad decision after bad decision. <laughs> Uh, and that one will go down in history. But, again, there was rumors that, that Curry didn't want to come. Uh, they thought they had the guard of the future with Rubio. Um, yeah. Flynn was supposedly supposed to be a lot better than what people thought. They even drafted Ty Lawson in the third, later in that round and traded him. There's a, You could write a book on the mistakes that that team made under Kuhn. So, again, <laughs> it is what it is. You just got to live with it. And then this was how many years ago? I mean – you know, 12, 13, and I still feel like they're still suffering a little bit from some of the decisions of that team, of that general manager. Hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And, and it does it does feel like that's a much more recent part of Wolf's history than just 10 to 12 years ago, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was painful. I'm sorry. Just watching Johnny Flynn decompose in front of me was so painful. I'm just like almost crying, but oh, you know how it is. But I'll tell you what, I've kept you long enough, and I appreciate you going through here and breaking down the Warriors and some of the, the developing uh, situations with them and, and what's been going on with them. And, you know, they're in their new building now. Um, by the way, have you got to see the new building or been close no. to it? No, I haven't. I haven't really been in NorCal much, uh, but I've seen some pictures, and it's it's quite nice. But, no, I, I, I can't wait to check it out in person at some point if I can ever afford it. But I miss Oracle. I'm going to miss Oracle. That was just a special place. Um, Absolutely. But, hey, you know. Absolutely. Got to change with the times, right? Can't always be there. Can't always be in the God. And, but anyway. <laughs> as I do a bad Boston impersonation. Lance, I appreciate you coming on here and talking Warriors with me. Uh, let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you. And I know you're a busy guy, but let them know where they can stay with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, find me on Twitter, at Lance Smith, TPC, TPC as in the Point Center. Uh, I've had uh, thepointcenter.com and dailywarriorsanalysis.com on, on pause for a good bit now. But um Definitely going to get back to that stuff soon. Uh, I do two podcasts uh, that are both also kind of on pause just because I've been overwhelmed since I started working. 
but uh, that's the quick release and and uh, the matchup nightmare. So uh, just find me on Twitter at Lance Smith TPC, and uh, we'll talk sports and talk basketball. Well, thanks again, Lance, for jumping on. As always, it was good to hear from you, and I'll get back with you real soon, and we'll talk more Warriors ball. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Love talking with you. Love being on the pod, and uh, thanks again for having me as always. Anytime, man. Thanks again. For sure. And that was Lance Smith from the Point Center and from Daily Warriors Analysis letting us know what's going on with the crazy Golden State Warriors situation. Tim, i got to ask you, and I want to hear what you think. In the Western Conference, we both made our playoff predictions. Uh, We both put out, and we both had the Warriors in, correct? I believe that to be true. Okay. Now that we can pretty much guarantee the Warriors probably aren't going to make it, who do you and of course we're not changing our preseason picks or no, anything. No, 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 um, but, no. But I don't even I don't even remember who I had in there that. Uh, well, that I it's your lucky day because tell, tell me who tell me what order I had so I can think about. Well, it. if you head over to WideMenCan'tJump dot com, the order is posted. Believe it or not, <laughs> on, I believe it because I went and looked. So yes, to make sure you weren't lying about it. No, I would never. <laughs> So I'm going to head over there on WideMenCan'tJump.com and check it out, and I'll get the order pulled up just a second. I'm going to guess that the team that has replaced them in the standings would probably be the Timberwolves at this point. For you? Well, of the top eight, the team that I I had them at seven. You had them at four. But of the teams who are in the top eight right now, uh-huh. As we as we speak, it would be Minnesota that nobody probably would have put there. Of course. Now, I'm, uh, so, what is my top eight? What are my what are my teams? Clippers. Oh, um, I accidentally clicked off. One second. Oh, dude, you're killing me. I know. I'm killing myself. <laughs> Not that Dutch I'm Evans? advocating for that. Dutch oven. What? Dutch oven. Oh God. While we wait, while we wait for me to click a button. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. (laughs) You had Rockets, Clippers, Jazz, Warriors, Lakers, Nuggets, Pelicans, Spurs. Good Lord. What was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you didn't put Portland in. I was stunned. Yeah, okay, so, well, that's who I, okay, well, so that's who I would replay in my world. Uh, the, if in the, your uh, world, you put Portland if, in. If the Warriors okay. don't make it, I'll throw Portland in there. And, uh, well, and then, I'm going to... Then I'll sneakily remove the Pelicans. <laughs> I'm going to throw in there, for me, if I had to pick a replacement, as much as I'd love to put my Wolves in, and you know I would, I've got to go with the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Mavs are poised to make a nice run this off season or this season. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's real. I mean, it's real early, but I mean, I I would just think Golden State's chances are not. I mean, yeah. With with all that's happened there in the, in the first six games. Yeah, uh, I gotta I agree with you. 
I just can't see good. it happening. But but uh, after that, I mean that that's still pretty wide open. I would say the only two teams that look like they're going to be total busts are probably Memphis and New Orleans. Um, Man, unless New Orleans, I mean, unless New Orleans gets a lot better when Williamson shows up, but um, well, we'll have to wait and been, see. Well, they haven't been getting killed. They've they've been giving up 124 a game, but scoring 119. So if they could just get a little, I mean, he's going to bring some more offense, I would think. So yeah, and he'll bring could, some good defense too. Yeah, if, if their D could just tighten up a little bit, they 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 haven't been getting like totally destroyed in games. They just been no, losing. not at all. So, so there's there's hope for that franchise yet. I mean they they got long they got a lot of work to do though. Being one and six to start the season, that's a lot All of right. hole to dig your way out of. But anyway, yeah. Speaking of digging yourself out of a hole, Tim, we've got another report in from Cecil and Shackelford is giving me the finger saying we got to go to it. So right. uh, part yourself, two people. in Denver. Let's see if we can get out of it. What's going on, guys? We now take you to Cecil B. Buxnart live on location. Well, people, this is Cecil B. Bucksnort. I am at Denver Memorial Hospital. Oh, no. uh, On behalf of the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump team. Well, people, um, I'm not quite sure how to put these uh, events into perspective. I mean, I was there for the fall of Saigon. Um, I was present at the Malice at the Palace. By Lord, I even followed the Minnesota Timberwolves for one year for a local television station. I, I've seen a lot, people. But I've never seen a beatdown like what I just witnessed. Um, just to backtrack a bit, of course, uh, why make Ant Jump had got the Millennials in a bit of an uproar. Social media being what it is. Um... But things got crazy, as always. It seems to happen around the Wide Man Can't Jump crew. Uh, Tom Robinson uh, got up on top of the bus and uh, threw the... Uh, well, let's go back even further a little bit. Um, the University of Colorado Agricultural School had gifted a... Uh, well, not gifted, but had uh, borrowed their uh, mascot uh, uh, Tito the turkey uh, to the oh for the for the game and uh, as it turns out we still had Tito on the bus and uh, Tom Robinson just trying to be a good Samaritan tried to set Tito free by throwing him off the top of the bus oh no well Tito plummeted like a rock in a swimming pool and uh, crashed to his untimely demise oh, from man. the protesters. Uh, this was bad enough, but then uh, Timmy D, being from Canada, and Nick Hoff, being from West Virginia, thought, well, no point in passing up a free meal, and they went out on a recon, and... Uh, Recovered the remains of uh, Tito, which they promptly, with the help of uh, Armando Martinez and Ed Boggess, uh they barbecued in front of the protesters and then ate. Um, I haven't seen people run uh, like that since uh, 
uh, millennials ran to safe spaces uh, at Kent State. Um, oh man, I just don't, I don't know what to say, people. Uh, the protesters then decided to rush the crowd, rush the crowd to rush the white man bus, and that turned out to be a mistake, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Um, there were no fatalities. But uh, 147 people were injured, and a further 382 have suffered severe bouts of ego bruising, as between the intellectual and physical prowess of the white men, the crowd was sent packing. Um, But it was not kind, and it was not gentle. Uh, Tom Robinson, he just... He got tired of logic and just started slapping people. Uh, Ed Boggess taunted the crowd by eating candy corns. Oh, no. uh, Fried mozzarella sticks. Uh, Armando Martinez did not help matters by rattling uh, his chain necklace made of the bones of his uh, uh, kills uh, during bow season in uh, California. Nate Bush, of course, uh, further incensed the crowd when he rushed out at some point during the proceedings and managed to get Chick-fil-A sandwich, um, <laughs> which, of course, well, you know what that did to the millennials. <laughs> it was a protest of a protest at that point, um, where several groups felt that their, pro- their part of the protest was not being put in front of other parts of the protest, uh, which caused the... Uh, several of the the white men to laugh, uh, which, uh, of course, broke the crowd. Uh, They lost all sense of reason and then were pummeled worse than a jobber at a WCW taping in the late 1990s. Um, (laughs) I think this might be it for the uh, Ed Boggs Concession Stand World Tour. Uh, We're supposed to go to Detroit next. Now... I don't know if the people of Detroit are more sensible. Oh, I probably should mention that among the crowd was one Vince Russo. Oh, God. Who was severely pummeled by uh, all the white men. In fact, you could hear uh, uh, several taunts of, uh, you know, uh, of his uh, criticizing his uh, booking. Um <laughs> and the white man, of course, well-versed in uh, wrestling uh, history. Uh, not big fans of Vince, one Vince Russo. Uh, the only celebrity that seemed to uh, survive uh, was uh, Jessica Biel, who uh, the white man, uh, we let her into the compound, and, uh, well, they let her in. I guess I should count myself as among the white men. Uh, they let her into the compound, and she hasn't been seen since. Um, but reports are that she left several hours later with a big smile on her face. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but uh, I don't know if I can continue to be a part of this. Uh, the utter madness, I mean, some, something's got to happen. We're going to give it a shot. We just Oh, hold on. We've just had word from Commissioner Silver that uh, next week, indeed, uh, the Concession Stand World Tour will continue yeah. in the city of Detroit. Uh, but there will be no. Am I getting this correct, Rusty? 
Okay, there will be no celebrity game next week. We're going to try to get back to the basics of the food being the major part of the event. Uh, but there will be a statement from the Wide Men Can't Jump camp. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I guess probably what's happened is the Wide Men have probably uh, made it clear to Commissioner Silver that that $27 million he paid them up front was uh, non-refundable. <coughs> so anyway, that's it from Denver. Yeah. The Mile High City where, well, I don't know. People are going to remember the carnage for a long, long time. So that's it from Cecil B. Bucks. No, and I'm out of here. Uh, everybody be safe. Good night. Well, be safe indeed. Cecil, voice uh, some calamity in Denver. Well, man. Cecil putting himself in the line of fire, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah. mean, a man who lived through the fall of Saigon, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, well, no, we'll old, uh, but uh, have you know? Hopefully, no one was seriously hurt. Well, what did he say? Uh, 187 injuries and 300 and change in uh, with bruised egos. I believe he said. Wow. So that's. I mean, that's, that's not bad. That's every day man. down here. But... <laughs> so uh, well, I guess I, I guess we got Detroit to look forward to. Maybe we can get that bus back on the rails, but. Uh, Boy, Gotta I get on to Detroit Rock City. The boys, uh, well, I mean, I'm talk, we're talking about the boys like we don't know. We were there, Nate. Uh, I, I don't know what we can say. Um, I think I probably let my emotions get the better of me. But uh, uh, I apologize I for some, nothing. <laughs> I do love me some. Uh, I do love me some Chick Fil A, though. As do I, as do I, my uh, friend. But uh, we hope you hilarious. enjoyed this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump, and you can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts, including iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts. I'm going to be working on getting us on Spotify as soon as I can, so be on the lookout for that. I'll let you know whenever that happens. And uh, big thanks to our sponsors, Steve New Law Offices, Strip Cam Fun dot com atomic comics and collectibles llc it's facebook.com slash atomic comics and collectibles llc and stay classy meets at stay classy com. use promo code wide men save 10 percent on your order and get a free pound of montana grass-fed ground beef uh thanks to everyone for tuning in we'll be back next week with more nba news more calamity and craziness tim anything you want to add before we get out of here uh yeah we have a special announcement but uh you can wrap it up first if you like Go ahead, make your announcement, or make the well, announcement. It's gonna, well, it's more uh, a eulogy. Um, oh, okay. More, well, we'll go ahead and end the show, and then we'll get to our um, our tribute, our, as out, our tribute. So, uh, stick around after the show. Here's a little tribute, but here's the outro. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at BlogTalkRadio.com. Slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCampFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meets 
Or you can check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network. We are here today to pay homage to our dearly departed friend, Baby Robinson. Baby was a lot of things. Lived his uh, nine lives to the fullest. Sure, maybe he was a cock blocker. Then again, maybe not. Sure, he didn't want to take on 32-pound Philadelphia rats one-on-one when he was 19 years old, which, of course, as we all know, in the cat world is, I don't even know what, 150-some. Can hardly be blamed. And sure, he made a lot of fun of Tom Robinson and his personal life choices. And God, the funny picture Tom Robinson about that god-awful coat. I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like to have to live in a house and look at that coat every day. The baby has moved on to a better place. Yeah, I know that's hard to believe living in the place, palatial palace in Clifton Heights, but still on to a better place where wet food is in abundance. Mice are very, very fat and lazy and do not run away very quickly. So they're easy to catch for old or cats like baby folks. Old baby Robinson is his friends knew him. We will miss him dearly. Uh, we will put uh, him in a place of honor at this time in the pantheon of great white men can't jump characters. The first member of the Hall of Fame will be Baby Robinson. That is all. Good day. <laughs>